And today we're with clinical psychologist Dr. Joelle Lowe, who's here to answer your mental health questions in our free clinic session. Joe sent us a voice note on our DG Lightline. This is regarding slow learning in adults. I am not sure whether I suffer from this condition or not. However, I have been a slow learner in school all the way till now throughout my employment and I have always received these comments from teachers since school days, college, even all my previous employers that my level of understanding things are very different from the rest. And still now I am usually sidelined for promotions or you know I don't get noticed. So this is really affecting me now because with COVID and pressure at the workplace is really high. However, I am unable to meet expectations because I just cannot grasp concepts or to even focus. I can't stay focused at work. Is this a slow learning disorder? or ADHD in that sense on who can I go and check with is it a psychologist or should I even check with a psychiatrist just I mean just to get an assessment right Joe I think that's a really good idea because um, based on what you're sharing there are quite a few things that I'm thinking about lah. so um, being a slow learner some uh, having a learning difficulty is possible ADHD is also another possibility as well because sometimes when you are not able to pay attention or you can't focus then it's hard for you to do your task right and the final thing that I'm thinking about also is could be like really bad anxiety as well because you said you're working in a very high-stress environment as well. Um, usually when you're anxious, what happens is that your mind gets clogged up with a lot of um, anxious thoughts, worries, worrying thoughts, negative thoughts and all that, right? And when that happens, it's hard for you to focus on what you need to focus on, right? So basically, there are a lot of uh, possibilities here. Lah. So I think what I would recommend is for you to go see a clinical psychologist and especially a clinical psychologist who has experience doing assessments. Lah. And what they'll do is that they'll speak to you at first and then they'll uh, ask for your symptoms and your difficulties that you're going through, right? And they'll do a battery of tests with you. Lah. So they'll do maybe three, maybe four tests with you just to rule out like what the, uh, or figure, try and figure out what the problems are like, and then hopefully we can um, identify it and then we can do some interventions for you to get you back on your feet like, yeah. but she sounds so eloquent <coughs> for someone who yeah. claims to be a slow learner yeah and I think that's the issue with like uh, mild uh, learning disorders right because a lot of us are smart enough or competent enough to compensate for it, right? So that's why you sometimes detect um, adults, like later on in life, they realize that, oh, actually I'm a dyslexic or dyscalculic or maybe mild ADHD. Yeah. And they've managed all uh, across their lives, right? but it's very, very hard to, mm. right? So sometimes like what Joe is going through, that could be possible as well. Like, she's just cope, 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 and now it's starting to uh, unravel a little bit. Like, so we need to try and identify for her. Like. We receive a message from Noor on our DG Light line. Uh, good morning. I've been wondering if there's something wrong with me especially my personality. I get irritated easily with my colleagues at work when they don't do their job properly. One more thing, I get easily irritated when drivers don't give signal when they change the lane. I had a small accident twice due to these drivers' negligence. Is there any suggestion on how I can control myself from being so emotionally affected? Should I go see a doctor or a counsellor or a psychiatrist? How do I know who to go first? Well, I'm listening to this and I'm like, I There's nothing wrong with her, exactly, right? Exactly, <laughs> because I get irritated when people do that as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I agree with you guys. I don't think there's anything clinical, like nothing, uh, like it's not a clinical disorder or anything like that. Lah. I think more likely it's that, you know, you have some triggers, lah, you know, and it sounds like, you know, anyone that is not pulling their weight or not doing the right thing that seems to trigger you a lot lah, for, the, for whatever reason, lah, right? Um, and that's not an uncommon thing, lah, like what JD was saying, you know, it's a lot of something a lot of people go through. So if I think it's not something clinical, so that's important to, to note. To 
don't worry too much. But if you think that it's getting in the way of you living a good life or a functional life, then maybe you can go see a clinical psychologist or counsellor just to work through those issues. Lah. I think when we have triggers that uh, things that buggers or irritate us to no end, right? There's a reason behind it, right? So there could be something that's underlying that you know maybe it's because it's a reflection of you as a leader, or maybe you think that when people cut you off, they're not showing you proper respect, for example. That could be a reason on why it's happening. Lah. So it's it's a good uh, exercise, right? Just to get understand yourself better and figure out what you can do about it. Lah. So it's how you react that's a, that's the issue. Yeah. So the way you react is symptomatic of what's what your issues are, right? Because right. like it doesn't trigger anybody else; only triggers you, right? So yeah. there's something inherently inside of you that is uh, upset, lah, right? And we need to figure out what that is, lah, before we can do some. So change someone about cuts it, me lah. off in the road and uh, in in traffic, and I'm like, ah, yeah. Now I move on, and it doesn't affect yeah, me. That's fine. But if you're at home, that guy, yeah, you're ah, still thinking yeah, about you, it. Yeah, correct. Then there's some more likely to be something inside of you that's uh, you know that's flaring up, lah. When do we know though that it's time to go get some anger management therapy? Yeah. Mm. So we basically look at functioning, lah, right? So if let's say your anger gets in the way of your relationships, that means you you break up with all your partners or you ostracize your family members, or at work you kept getting fired or reprimanded and things like that, right? Mm. That means your social functioning and your occupational functioning is disrupted. Then we know that anger management has gone to a point where it's excessive, lah, right? And we need to do something about it. Lah. We receive a text message from Ken on our DG Lightline. His question, My two-year-old son is diagnosed with autism and have been sending him for applied behaviour application therapy, but it's really expensive. What should I do if I can no longer afford sending him for therapy? You've got a couple of options. First one, if let's say, for example, the classes are still ongoing, what you can do is to work with the teachers to try and get as much material as you can because the thing with applied behavioural uh, analysis or training, it's something that um, the parents should be involved in as well because you need to have continuous like non-stop care for the child uh, so that they can learn new behaviours right so if you can get the material from the teachers as much as you can and you involve yourself with the teaching right now then it's quite possible that you can uh, apply it on your own as well uh. obviously right. not to the same competencies but enough uh, right that's one option another option would be to reach out to some there are some good NGOs out there uh, Nasum for example that's the National Autistic uh, Society of Malaysia they have a bit of a waiting list so if you still are going for classes right now maybe you can start applying now then eventually when um, you get into the waiting list then you can go in there like, that's another option there like, right? there are also a few other smaller centres and NGOs out there that you can reach out I'm not familiar with them unfortunately but I know that they are around like. so you can reach out to them and see whether they can uh, offer you any help or not like. Um, those are probably the best uh, options that you have. I wouldn't recommend you going to like YouTube or Google and trying out things on your own because there are some skills and techniques where there are, um, there are certain things that you need to look out for and to be careful about and it might not be suitable for your child as well. So it's still best to go to a professional and get the advice from them. So we received a question from Cindy on our DG Lightline. Her question goes like this. I have a friend who likes giving me treatments such as silent treatments, sudden mood swings, behaving passive-aggressive. She gets upset over little things and is very sensitive. So I feel like I'm always walking on eggshells and I feel intense anxiety for saying the wrong things to make her mad. What should I do, doctor? Uh, right, Cindy. So based on what you're saying, I think it sounds a lot like the problem lies with your friend lah, because she seems, he or she seems very volatile, seems uh, very unpredictable in that sense, right? And I think anyone will find it really difficult to be friends with her, right? So I think to for you, even the fact that you are walking on eggshells and lots of anxiety around this friend of yours, maybe it m- might be an idea to diversify your friendships a little bit just to have a few more friends around. So when she's blowing coal, for example, then you can you have other people you can lean on and if she's okay, then okay, like you hang out with her. 
lah, not an issue lah. I think ultimately, when when people are so random like that lah, it 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 suggests perhaps that they've got some issues on their own, or they're going through some issues on their own, lah, right? And as friends, of course, we want to support them as best we can, but never at your at your um at your detriment, right? Don't do it in such a way where you put yourself where you sacrifice yourself for your friend, and that's not on, lah, right? So it's got to be a balance. Take care of a friend, of course, but make sure you take care of yourself as well, lah, right? And this and and at this point, I think you need to take care of yourself a bit more, lah. Is she asking about whether her friend might have a condition? Yeah, or a personality disorder or something. Maybe, but it's too... I, I, I can't tell, right? I mean, there's not enough information to tell, right? What uh, Cindy has described could describe a personality disorder, definitely, but it also could describe someone who's in distress, going through a hard time, or maybe she's distracted and busy with things, you know, and things like that, different priorities in life as well, right? So it's hard to tell, maybe, but, you know, maybe we can't tell. Ayuni, what's your question for Dr. Joel? I'm a teacher. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm a private tutor and I have this tutor that's very close to me and she seems that she has a symptom of schizophrenia and she has cuts on her head. Okay. So my question is, oh, as a teacher, what can I do to help her? Uh, Uni, how old is the tutor? Sorry. <laughs> 16 years old. 16, 16. okay. Yeah, typically with uh, schizophrenia, the onset is about 16 to 18 years old. Uh. So, um, when you say mm-hmm. schizophrenia, what have you noticed? Like, what have you been seeing that makes you think it's that? Uh, she's keep on uh, being by herself. She's very comfortable at, to, with me. So, she tells me a lot of things. Okay. Yeah, but we only meet once a week. And okay. when she goes for her asthma and MRSM, I can meet her, right? What do I say to her? Usually with schizophrenia, we want to look out for two major things. The first right? thing is uh, hallucinations. Um, so hallucinations is basically when they see things or hear things uh, that are not there. Yes. The second one is delusions. Lah. That means they start believing things that are not typical. Lah. Like, you know, for example, there's an alien inside of me or controlling me and things like that. Did she say something like that? Yes. Okay. Okay, so if that's the case, then I think the next step is that you need to uh, contact your parents because she's underage, right? She's sixteen, right? Uh, contact your parents and let her know that you've observed these things and this is something that's consistent, like It's not a once-off kind of event, right? And then right. we need to get her to see either a clinical psychologist or a psychiatrist to get her diagnosed as soon as possible. Um, right. Because the thing with schizophrenia, the earlier we catch it, the earlier we can implement our treatment and medication. We can mm-hmm. actually um, make sure that it doesn't get too bad, right? Because we're trying to make sure that yeah. it doesn't get full blown, basically, lah. So I think that's the uh, best thing that you can do for her right now. Get her to uh, see a psychologist or a psychiatrist to get her diagnosed, and then we can okay. plan a treatment plan for her, lah. All right, thank you. 